Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building, which is actually hashtag Divine Color Wall. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's Pastor Michael Petit. All right. Uh, how are you doing? It's uh, Pastor Mike from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Um, let me turn this on before I get going. I, won't, I already forgot one thing here. We were having, and wanted to do an update. And so just in case it does the update, I want to make sure we got audio going. Just in case. Hope y'all are doing okay. We're, uh, this week we're actually going to be finishing up as we were looking at the series on sun salt and light uh we 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 looked at first knowing the sun putting our hands to the plow and uh, keeping our eyes focused on christ and then uh last week we looked at being the salt and the light and this week we're actually going to uh talk about what it is to grow in jesus so know the sun but grow in the sun uh and and that's s-o-n not not out i don't want you out you know at the beach saying i'm growing in the sun but it's it's actually just uh being able to grow in jesus christ and so um and so we're actually going to be in a number of verses uh this week but i kind of had one verse i wanted to read to you before we get started um and it's in second peter chapter three and it's we'll go all the way down from verse 14 to 18 to kind of get an idea of what uh what uh was being discussed here uh, and, and let's go ahead and, and if you want to turn on your Bible or, or um, you know, if you have your, your Bible open, it's in Second Peter is where we'll start off at. Uh, and just real quick, a couple, I don't think there's anything new in the announcements, but we do have Palm Sunday next week. So next week's service, we will be going uh, through, through that teaching of Palm Sunday. Um, and then the following week is Easter Sunday, so we're hoping to have our uh, cards to come in uh, that will have um, uh, invitation uh, to come to church. And so we're going to try to get out and divine and, and, and do some invites. And um, that's the one thing I have seen in divine. I've seen a lot of churches, but a lot of churches with empty parking lots. And so I think what's happened is with COVID, um, a lot of y'all have gotten used to being away from church maybe uh and and you're used to the online and and so uh and and so hopefully at some point you come back because we all need that fellowship uh, and and so you know i would pray that uh that you would start praying about that over the next few weeks about returning back to church for sure uh our tithes and offerings as far as that you can do that online uh, through uh, our website at calvarydivine.org. You can also find out more information about the church there, what times we meet. We meet on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And also on, um, we also meet here at 10 a.m. And that TV behind me is actually because we had worship this morning, which was kind of cool. I think it's the first time we've been able to do that. And so even with video worship, it still 
uh, ushers us into the word so we're really looking forward to that so let's go ahead and pray and uh, we'll go ahead and get started uh, let's go ahead and read that verse first in second Peter chapter 3 verse 14 it says therefore beloved since you are waiting for these be, di- be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at at peace and count the patience of our Lord as salvation just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which, they, uh, which the ignorant or unstable twist to their own destruction as they do uh, the other scriptures. And I want to just stop right there because when you read that, you're thinking, wait a minute, what did Paul write? But what it was is there were false teachers that were teaching things that were causing people to fall. And we know that's happening today. So, And then it says, Therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Now, that's very important because he's telling you, don't be carried away by them. But he says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for, uh, for the opportunity to be here this morning. We do pray for the city of divine, Lord. We ask that you just continue uh, to move in the hearts of the people, stir the hearts of, um, of divine to return to church, to come to church, uh, for the lost to come to know you. And, uh, and we just pray, Lord. I pray for uh, my mother-in-law who's having surgery tomorrow. We lift her up, Lord, to you. And just pray that you would be with the doctors and, um, and just give them the wisdom, the direction for the surgery, but also uh, allow her to go through that healing process, Lord, and, and have that pain be controlled and, uh, and that she would recover quickly. Um, but we also just lift up um, uh, Teresa's, uh, my wife's friend who had a heart attack, and we just pray for her. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you just, uh, just whatever is needed for her to, uh, for her heart to be healed up, Lord, we pray for that as well, that you would give the doctors the direction for that. Um, but we, we pray, Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We are going to be talking about growing, and this is an area where a lot of people struggle uh, because they, they, they don't spend time in the word, they don't spend time in prayer, um, and, and they can't figure out why they're struggling. Uh, and, and there's just so much that we can learn, uh, and we're going to try to get as much as we can into this. And so we thank you, Lord, and we just pray, Lord, with our application. We pray that we would actually be able to take what we learn and apply it in our lives and be obedient to it. And so we thank you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, I entitled this sermon, Growth in Your Relationship with Christ. Growth in Your Relationship with Christ. And, and what I'm, what I, the reason why I picked this, this is actually something that's really important to me, is this is something that Pastor Joe uh, taught us probably eight years ago, eight or nine years ago, and it was the GROWTH acronym. And, I, and I'm going to go over that here in a little bit, and, um, and, and it's on the website. So when you go to the About on calvarydivine.org, you go to the about, you'll see the about, and then you'll see salt and light at the very bottom of salt and light is growth, and it's the acronym that's there. So if you want to uh, use it for later on, definitely you can do that. So 
Let me read you verse Matthew in Matthew chapter 21, verses 19 through 22. And, and this is when Jesus is, is um, looking at the fig tree and, and there's no fruit on it, but the fig tree looked healthy. And, and so, unfortunately, we have a lot of Christians that are, are a lot like this. And in Matthew chapter 21, verses 19, it says, And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it, but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, Truly, tr uh, truly I say to you, if, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done, to the fig tree but even if you say to this mountain be taken up thrown into the sea it will happen and whatever you ask in prayer you will receive it uh, you will receive if you have faith and so one of the things that we see is like in this is we see that the tree looked healthy and he's looking at Jerusalem too at, at this time he's looking at uh, at the you know the temple in Jerusalem and, and the thing is is that just like the tree, it looked healthy, right? It looked healthy. But the problem was is that there was a lot of religion that was happening with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so there was no, there was no actual um, relationship with God. And, and so one of the things that's supposed to happen with us is when we uh, give our lives to the Lord, as we grow, uh, the Holy Spirit produces fruit. And, and so there should be growth that happens. It's not something that, that we do. There's, there's things that we're supposed to do to, to strengthen the relationship with Christ. And, and so uh, the fruit that gets produced is actually produced by the Holy Spirit. It's uh, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so, one of the things that we have to remember is when you give your life to the Lord, or, or maybe you've been walking with the Lord for some time, and you look at that list and go, you know what, I don't have any joy in my life right now. I don't have, I don't have patience in my life right now. I'm getting upset. I just saw a video of Kurt Franklin cursing out his son. I mean, and his son recorded it and then released it online. And so, right now, you know, Kurt's got no patience right now for his kid. And so, you know, he asked for forgiveness and stuff, and, and, and God forgives. You know, but it's, again, we have to look at our relationship. No matter, no matter how young our relationship is with the Lord or how, how long we've been walking with Christ, there is still growth that needs to happen. And that's the one thing I hope that we get from this. So our time with the Lord is a priority. It should be a priority. It should be something that you hunger for every day. Uh, a plant, you can plant a tree, but you're not going to have fruit just, you know, blossom overnight. That doesn't happen. You won't have apples that just go boom and they show up. And so our relationship, we need to grow. And, and, and our relationship needs to become more intimate and, and deepen. Uh, so I, I think, you know, when we think about a strong relationship with the Lord, it actually... When we have a strong relationship with the Lord, it actually strengthens our relationship in our marriage. When we have a strong relationship with the Lord, it actually strengthens our, our family. It strengthens the church, and it also strengthens the community, and it strengthens the, com uh, the country. 
You want to know why the country's in the mess that it's in right now? It's because, the, the, like I said last week, the Christians aren't impacting the culture. Instead, they're becoming, you know, hashtag, you know, uh, trending topics because pastors are falling or, you know, this, you know, worship leaders are, are deciding to walk away from, from worship and, and chosen homosexuality. Uh, and you, it's just a number of things that are happening. And it, and it goes back to what's important, which is our relationship with Christ. It's our relationship with Christ. That's why when we talk about the sun, the salt, and the light, we want you not just to know Jesus Christ, the sun, but to grow in the sun. It's such an important thing. So when we look at that growth acronym, an acronym's real simple, like the acronym for prayer, we use ACTS. So it's A for adoration, C for confession, uh, T for Thanksgiving, and, and S for supplication. This acronym is actually one that was done by uh, my senior pastor at Grace Calvary Chapel. And I told him I'm, I'm going to use it a lot because it helps me. It, it's kind of a, something I can look back on and, and, and see. Am I doing these things like I'm supposed to? Or, or, or you know, have I kind of lost my way a little bit? So it's stuff that we can learn from. Uh, the acronym for growth is G is go to the Lord in prayer daily. And we'll go over each of these, but I'm going to just give, it to, give them to you real quick. R is read or listen to your Bible daily. Right? O, obedience and application to the Word. Be, you know, you're actually being obedient and applying what you learn every day. W, witness to others. T, trust in God with every detail of your life. H, the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your life. And so when we look at that, it's very important that we understand each of these are something that we should be doing daily. If, if I'm in a marriage and I don't spend time with my wife, there's a divide that begins to happen. And so a relationship is something that's nurtured. Uh, it, it's no different than our relationship with our sons and daughters. You know, we have to spend time with them. We can't just, you know, uh, pass them by on the weekend, so to say. And so it's important for us as we look at our, when we give our life to Christ to understand the relationship. That's the next phase that happens when we give our life to Jesus is we need to, we need to actually start to spend time with Christ. And so let's look at the first one. Go to the Lord in prayer daily. Get, and, and, and that's actually to, to get quiet with the Lord. And, and, and one of the things I would say is uh, we go to the Lord in prayer daily, but we get quiet with the Lord, but we also pray without ceasing throughout the day. Something's on your mind and something's hurting you. Just keep going to God with it. We talked about that this week with Nehemiah. Nehemiah spent months, months praying for, uh, for Jerusalem and for this, the nation of Israel to go back and build the walls and, and waiting for the Lord's leading so we can learn a lot from prayer. And, and one of the things I want to make sure that you get from this is understand that Jesus spent time with the Lord in prayer. In Mark chapter 1, verses 35, it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus found time to pray, and, and Jesus did everything that needed to be done in his ministry. It was complete in those three years. And yet, he still found time to pray, to be with the Father, to get directions from the Lord, 
to communicate with this with this father. And for us, one of the things that I want to talk to you about, really important, is these first two: is go to the Lord in prayer and read the Bible daily. Is you need to spend at least fifteen to twenty minutes a day reading the Word and praying. And I, and I'm saying at least give yourself ten to fifteen minutes, and and spend some time in prayer. I mean, that's not much time, but I'm saying you need to at least start to to develop that that um, that in your life. But and it's such an important part. Of our of our walks and Jeremiah twenty nine eleven verses twelve and I love this verse because it just shows us how much the Lord cares for us. It says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans for your welfare, and not for evil, not to give you a future, uh, or, or to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you." So He's saying, "Look, come pray to me." And the plans that I have for you are for good. They're not for evil. I have a, I have a future and a hope from you. And the way that we, this works is we communicate. We talk to each other. You call upon me and pray to me and I, I will do what? I will hear you. See, there's a purpose when we pray. It strengthens uh, us and enables us to what? Worship God. We just had worship for the first time in this church and you know, I, 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 my wife was in tears and I'm in the back trying to hold myself together as we heard the song, Let There Be Light. And, um, and it talks about praying in that song. You know, going to the Lord in prayer. And, and we worship God. We ascribe to God. And it's such an important thing that we do. And that's something that Nehemiah did when we learned in chapter 1 this week. In Psalm 29.2 it says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory of do His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. So you worship. It's, it's, it's not merely something created beings do for God, but it's something that we rightly owe Him. You owe that to Him. And I don't think we get that. I, I think we, we, we think that, okay, I've given my life to the Lord. I've got my ticket to, to, to heaven. I'm good. No, we're supposed to worship God daily. And then we do that through prayer. We do that through spending time in that relationship. We're supposed to receive direction from God. Why? Because you can't trust your own understanding. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. You know what? I want God to direct my paths. Because for the 39 years that I didn't walk with the Lord, my life was a train wreck. It, I destroyed a marriage. I destroyed five kids. You know, I, I mean, I was a mess. And, and I trusted my own understanding. I leaned on my own ways. And I thought God was too busy for me. When I came to know Christ, one of the things, this was one of the first verses I remember because I was like, don't lean on your own understanding because it was your own understanding that got you into the mess. You need to seek Him. You know, when we pray, it actually brings us joy. In, in Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you your desires of your heart. That doesn't mean that He's going to give you that new car, that Lexus, or whatever car that you want. What he's talking about is when God's heart aligns with your heart is those desires. Is those desires. For instance, us being here. It's tough. 
I'm not going to lie. We, we, we're, we're in week two. And at the same time, you know, I'm a people person, so I love seeing people. And I know that you're watching online, and I thank you for that. And I would love to see you here uh, at some point. And I hope that we do get to, get to have that. But uh, there's joy in understanding that the thing that we prayed for, to plant a church, is happening right now because of God. He heard us. Many people were praying for that. And so we, we need to be seeking the Lord. And, and Paul, you know, if we, if we base our happiness, one of the things I love about Paul, Paul would always use prayer to sustain him through the very tough times. And, and, and you know, he, he wrote um, to believers, he said, base your happiness on your hope in Christ. When trials come, endure them patiently, steadfastly, Maintain the habit of prayer. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Rejoice in the hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Prayer brings power in our lives. It brings peace to our hearts. When we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, God has power over all things, all times, in every place, in all ways, throughout all time, and all creation. That's who you're praying to. Therefore, we should not do a disservice and neglect prayer. And yet, this is one of the, the, the places where people don't spend time communicating with God is through prayer. Maybe they feel intimidated. They're like, I don't know how to speak to the Creator of the universe. Jesus told us, just use the Lord's Prayer. You all know that one. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You pray the Scriptures like Nehemiah did. Right? Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 6 says, Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night. He never ceased praying. That's what I love about Nehemiah. He never stopped praying. And then he, he says, For the people of Israel, your servants confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. Nehemiah is using the words of God from Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 63 through 67 and Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 1 through 10. He's praying Scripture. And not only is he praying Scripture, first if you read the verse, and you can go read this when you get time in Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 11, you actually see the acronym for Acts. You, you see Nehemiah adore God. He gives adoration. God, the great and awesome God. And then he confesses the sin we see right here. Something that we need to be doing daily. He gives thanksgiving and then supplication of, of actually what the prayer is for. And that's actually the way that we should be praying. You know, we should have come into worshiping the Lord. Adoring Him. Giving adoration to Him. And then confessing our sins. And then thanksgiving. You know, what do you have to be thankful for? You're alive. Right? You're alive. And, and that's, you're breathing right now. That's one thing to be thankful for. You know, I think sometimes we, if you got a stimulus check, that's another thing to be, th like people want to be negative all the time. We need to thank God for the things that He's providing for us. Okay? Food on the table. A job to see 
Texas opening back up and see businesses, SeaWorld. Y'all don't understand, like San Antonio, they can't afford to have Six Flags and SeaWorld and all those places closed again. They need that. They need that. Divine needs to be open. It's like everything is starting to, to return, and that's to be thankful. We should give thanks to God for those things. So first thing we do is we pray. We go to the Lord in prayer. Next, we read or listen to your Bible daily. Read or listen to your Bible daily. Now, how do you study and spend time in God's Word? Or do you? This is very important as a, a believer. These first two, if you want to see your relationship strengthen, you need to spend time in God's Word daily. You need to pick a book, start a book. You know, if you're going to read the book of John, read the book of John. Start it and finish it. You know, you don't have to do it all in one sitting, but read enough of it to where you can understand it. If you get stuck somewhere, then, then that's what the commentaries are for. That's why, you know, you can, you can uh, do some, uh, some further research. That's what observation, interpretation, application is for. But we're supposed to actually read the Word of God. And, and Abraham Lincoln said this, All uh, the good from the Savior of the world is communicated through this book, the Bible. All things desirable to men are contained in it. That was, that was the president that said that. We used to be a nation that worshipped the Lord. That spent time in the Word. You want to know why the nation's gone so far off? It's because we've, we've neglected God. We've neglected God in our lives. And so, having time in the Word. It can't just be on Sunday. You know, you have to spend time in the Word. Romans 10.17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. You know, you've heard it said, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a meal. But if you teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. You need to be in the Word. That's why it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. You have a phone. Most of us have a phone. I have a phone here and I got a phone there doing the recording. But most of us have a phone, and my dad's going to laugh because I have a phone here too. Um, and so, I'm using all these things. But at the end of the day, our, my Bible's on each one of these. My Bible's on each one of them. I actually have access to it. The other thing you have is you have a car, and most of you listen to your phone in the car. Or you, have, you have actually uh, KDRY or, or KSLR. You can actually listen to sermons in the car. There's no excuse for you not to be in God's Word. It can't just be on Sunday. It has to be beyond Sunday. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So God's word is the source of light that guides your steps. So I want you to think about this. If you're not in the word but on Sunday with the church, where are your steps going the other six days of the week? How much into the darkness are you going? Right? Because I want God to, to direct my steps daily. I want Him to give me light daily and guide my path. Because if not, I'm going to be stumbling. It's been said that 95% that of people, 95% of people forget what they listen to after 72 hours. So when you leave a Sunday sermon by Wednesday, you've already forgotten it. 
And, and so think about that just for, for a little bit. You, you, you know, if you're not actively taking notes or you're not actively listening and, and, and taking uh, application of the Word of God, you're not going to remember it. You know? And, and so you need to actually spend time and, and prepare to be ready to hear from the Lord when you come into church every week. In Psalm 119, 103, it says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Do you prayerfully come and ask Him for forgiveness of sin and the world uh, had to, and to have the Word be implanted in us? In James chapter 1, verse 21, it says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. So that's why when we come to Christ, when we come to God and we spend that time daily in prayer and in the Word, you actually confess your sins because you want God's Word to be implanted in your heart. So you confess your sins daily. Don't let those things carry on over time because then you know, it, it just becomes compromise. We have to be active. And, and Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, I love this verse, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Lest you drift away from it. I think Pastor Joe shared with us before we left that one-third of the church has left. One-third of the church has left the church because of COVID. Now you say, well, they're watching home online. No, they're not. They're not. The Barner, Barner study that did it, they, they found out that, that one-third of the church are no, not even watching online anymore. And so we need to understand that it's, we need to be in God's Word because why? We're going to drift away. We're going to drift away. And, and that's sad that, that that's what's happening. Uh, do you understand God's Word that comforts us? And, and when we're discouraged... It helps us. In Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, your words found were found and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart, for I called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. And so it says in Matthew four four, Man shall not live by bread alone. And Jesus said, But every word that proceeds out of out of the mouth of God. So we're supposed to find time to spend and have a meal with the Lord. To to receive his word. And and um and, and spend that time in prayer. We need to be like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. It says, Now the Jews were more, more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the Word with all eagerness. I love that. Examining the Scriptures to see if the things were so. So you're supposed to be like the Bereans and actually see if the things that I'm teaching or the pastor that you're listening to online are on the radio is, 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 does it line up? Right? You're supposed to be in the Word yourself. You need to cultivate an appetite to be in God's Word. Don't depend on me to pre-digest like a bird and feed you. You need to feed yourself. That's part of the relationship with the Lord is you need to spend time in the Word. That's how you hear from God. I've... I, 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 I love the cartoon that I saw a long time ago. The guy's on his knees and he's saying, Lord, I just need to hear from you. 
and God's hand comes down from the clouds and He's holding the Bible said, Here. Because if you want to hear from God, you get in His Word. You spend time in prayer. You'll be led and directed by the Holy Spirit. I, I'm telling you, it'll change everything. If you get these first two, it'll change everything. Go to the Lord in prayer and read the Word of God. Next is obedience and application. So you, you spend time in prayer, you read the Word of God, and now you take at least one truth from your reading and you try to apply that in your life. Real simple, great example, love your neighbor. Can you love your neighbor today? Well, who's your neighbor? Everybody. Right? When somebody cuts you off at H-E-B or you know, you're trying to get the last piece of fruit and they take it and you're like upset, you just love your neighbor. That's applying the truth. It's, you know, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I love John 14 because Christ is going to come back and do it again. He's going to say this over. So if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Obedience is doing what God says. How He says, when He says it, to do it. But oftentimes, we prefer to redefine the terms. But the elimination of, the, of them results in disobedience. Let's talk about partial disobedience, right? That's still disobedience. That's like Moses coming down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, just the Ten, and you going, you know what, I kind of agree with the first five, but the last five I can't do. You have to understand then, he's not, he's not your God then. You... you this is His Word and this is the things that we're supposed to follow in obedience. And so it's no different than... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on some toes here and I'm sorry I'll do this, but this is no different than you progressive Christians who are playing the... Well, I, I think that traditional marriage, God, that's not what God wants anymore. That goes against God's Word. Well, I, I think that abortion... The sanctity of life, it's their choice that goes against God's Word. You see what I'm saying? I think a, a child should be able to choose what sex they want to be. Well, that, that, that's not right because God said I created them what? Male and female. He created them. And see what's happening is, is we're, we have partial disobedience in the church. And you can't call yourself a Christian if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna play this partial disobedience card, if you're gonna just pick and choose what you want from God's word, because then you're not gonna do what God says, how He says, when He says to do it. Because you're gonna try to do what you say, when you say it, when you want to do it, and then you're playing God. And that's not being obedient to the Lord. This is a big problem in the church today. This is why Jesus says that, that, that when He looked at that fig tree, it looked healthy. And He's like, where's the fruit? It's springtime. The fruit should already be here. The figs should be coming out. But it was a, it was a fake. And, and any of y'all back in my BC days, I remember watching a movie and the guy said, it's a fugazi. It's a fake. It's a fake. Just like a, a, a ring that's a... Uh, looks like a diamond, but it's a fake. And so when we're, we're, when we're called to be obedient, it's, it's obedience, not partial. 
Because then it's just disobedience. We go further down in John 14, 21. It says, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. See, when we're connected to the love of the Father and the Son in obedience, Jesus promises to reveal more of himself to us. It's a lot like if you're on your phone and you're... the the closer you are to that, to that cell tower, the better service you're going to have. If you live where I live, Verizon doesn't work very well. And so we're further away from that cell tower. And that's kind of what disobedience is, is we get further away from God and, and we don't, we're not connecting to that signal the way that we should be. And we wander off and we get lost. And God wants to have you in obedience. He wants you to come back home. You just have to repent. Christ loves you. If you're His child, He wants you to come back and be in a right relationship with you. In John 14, 23 and 24, again, this is John 14. A little further down, it says, Jesus answered Him saying, If anyone loves Me, He will keep My word. And My Father will love Him, and we will come to Him and make our home with Him. And whoever does not love me does not keep my words. You get that? Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. If a person absolutely loves the Lord, he will want to keep the teachings of Christ. Obedience starts in the morning, each day. We're sensitive to the Spirit, and we're asking God to lead us and, and direct us through that day. We want to be, and we have to understand, it's not a life of perfection. There's nobody perfect except for Jesus. Okay? It's a pursuit of, of holy behavior, the pursuit of righteousness. And, and, and we want to try to be obedient to the Spirit. If we say something or do something, that was one thing I really appreciated. I, I mean, I don't agree with what Kirk Franklin went off. I mean, he went. He was angry, angry. I mean, apparently him and his son have gone to separate directions. But you know what he did? He apologized immediately. And he went to the Lord and asked God for forgiveness. Because why? He has the Holy Spirit that resides in him and he was convicted. And, and that's what obedience is. is we, we, need to, we need to be adherent to the Spirit of God and be obedient to His Word. You know, we're not supposed to have any foul, foul language out of our mouths. You know, and, and sometimes I get upset too. That old army person comes out and I make that mistake and I have to ask God for forgiveness. It's, it's, we're not perfect, but obedience is important. W is witness to others. This is a command. This is not a suggestion. Okay, all of us are supposed to do this. In Matthew 28, verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, uh, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw him, he, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. I think one of the things that's really cool is we always focus on the command of go. But do you see that other part? 
I've commanded you, right? He tells them, uh, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. Like as disciples, we're supposed to be living the Word out in our lives and teaching that person that, that we're discipling the same thing. It's the Great Commission. It's something that we're all supposed to do. The only way the Great Commission works is you have to speak up. You have to talk. A lot of people don't want to do that. They think that, that we're going to reach people in a Bible service. That's how we're going to... Yeah, I mean, great. Sometimes people come to church and they give their life to Christ. That's awesome. But the, way, the place where you're going to reach them at, the H-E-B. In line at the, when you're, you're at the post office. Right? I mean, there's not a big line when you go to Divine. I found that out this week, which was awesome. Um, but you, you meet people and you invite them and ask them, do you know what's going to happen to you when you're going to die? Where are you going to go? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Start a conversation with them. But we have to, we have to speak up. And there's many methods that you can use. There's Roman Rose, Way of the Master, Follow Me by David Platt and Francis Chan. But just remember this, that there's not one method that's over everyone. They all work, okay? They all work. It's, you're using the same, the, same, um, the same fishing pole, but you're using a different lure. So you're using the same fishing pole, but using a different lure. And so it's important to understand that, that you know, each of these are way of the master, Roman roads, they all work, but you're using different lures. I love the one that, uh, that Pastor Lloyd Pulley had. Uh, Pastor Lloyd Pulley, uh, he wrote a book called Explain the Plan of Salvation by Pastor Lloyd Pulley. And, and the one that he gave is an acronym for SHARE. One of the, the first part of it is be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Right? We need to be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. We need to, we need to understand and, and, and be able to, uh, to speak of the desires and designs for His people to live and, and, and share Christ with them. And then we need to humbly build a bridge. Uh, and that means we actually care about the people we're talking to. We're not there to, 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 to break the bridge. So many times what happens is people start arguing and they create a barrier and burn the bridge instead of creating a bridge of conversation. Look, if somebody starts getting heated, when I, if we want to share Christ with somebody and they start getting upset or heated, I back away. I'm not there to upset them. I'll, I'll pray and ask for the Lord to either send somebody else to continue to talk with them or either we'll get to talk another time. But I'm not going to sit there and, and create uh, a, a barrier uh, and, and not build a bridge. So humbly build a bridge. You want to arouse interest the way that Jesus did with the, with the woman of the well. And people are drawn to the truth and they desire to really understand what's going to happen to them when they die. Will I have eternity? Do my, does my good outweigh my bad? What happens with my sin? All those things that, that God places on our hearts. To, to that, 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 that desire of eternity is on our, our hearts. Like there's that hole that can only be filled by Christ. And so everybody has an interest of at least trying to figure that out. Then we reveal sin. And that's where you've got to be careful. 
But before you can really appreciate salvation, you must acknowledge the need for a Savior. Why did Christ go on the cross? We're going to talk about this on Palm Sunday. We're going to talk about this on Resurrection uh, Sunday for Easter. And then you explain the plan of salvation. Don't get focused on the minor things, but just, just focus on why Christ came. And that's sharing the gospel. That's what you're supposed to do to witness to others. And then finally, we have uh, trusting God with every detail of your life. Actually, we've got two more. I'm going to hurry up. Uh, so trusting God with every detail of your life. And so uh, this is your time, your talent, your treasure, and your temple. You're trusting God with that. You, you've, remember we talked about putting your hand to the plow and you're, you belong to God now. You've given your life to Christ and now you're His. In Psalm 9.10 it says, And those who knew your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And David, man, David was being chased and, and the king, King Saul, wanted to kill him and he's running through the wilderness and, and who was his, his stronghold? Who was his high place that he could go to? Who was the refuge that he had? Who could he trust? God. The Lord. The Lord. And that should be for us as well. That should be for us as well. In Romans 8.28 it says, And we know that uh, for those who love God, all things work together for good, and for those who are called according to His purpose. Now remember, this is a conditional promise. It's conditional. You have to be a believer. I hear people say this all the time, but they don't know God, and, and they're thinking, well, God's going to work everything out for my good. It's like you have to be a believer. And, and, and you know, that's one thing that uh, that we have to understand is trusting God. And, and I love what Corey Tim Boom, and I've used this before, is Corey Tim Boom said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Like, are, would you actually trust an all-knowing, all-powerful God? Or are you going to try to just depend on what the world's going to give you? I'm not. I'm, I want to trust God with my life. In Jeremiah 29.11, that's the second time you get in this verse, so hopefully it'll help you today. It's, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We can trust in the Lord. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ has invited us to a permanent relationship with Him. And, and when we give our lives to Christ, He forgives our sins, the, the past, present, future. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have eternity secured. And we, <laughs> we have strength in that. We can trust that. That never goes away. And God has granted it to us freely. Nothing we could do to earn it. You can't, you can't lose that. It's... it's that's, that's something that we can depend on. And so that's why my time, my talent, my treasure, and my temple belongs to the Lord. I trust Him with that. Because I know that He has plans that are for me. That provide me a hope and a future. Not only for me, but for my marriage, for my family. And then finally, we have the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. You have to allow the Spirit to lead and guide your life. And Pastor Lloyd Foley just basically said it this way. It's like a, um, being connected uh, to your battery of your car. If I disconnect it or if you have a little bit of a, 
some of it uh, where it's having some decay and, and the batteries are not, the connector is not con touching the way it should, you're not connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to stay connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Go to the Lord in prayer. Read the Bible daily. Those are going to be the keys to that because you're going to be communicating with God and strengthening your relationship. It says in John 15:26, the Holy Spirit is the, is the third person of the Trinity. But we need to understand this, that as we look at that, uh, that He is a person. He's fully God. Okay? He's not a force. That's what the Jehovah Witnesses teach. He's not a force. And so one thing that we can, we can look at by, by just, you know, just making sure we understand this is, you know, while we, we see it, if, if it's not a force, then what we see is the Holy Spirit was merely a force. He couldn't speak. He speaks in Acts chapter 13 too. The Holy Spirit speaks. It was while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. That's not a force. He could not be grieved. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30, says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion, and that it may uh, give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He would would not have a will if it was just a force. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, all these empowered by uh, the one, the same Spirit who apportions to each of us individually His will. And each of us have one gift of the Spirit. Some of us have many. Uh, but we have the Holy Spirit understanding that He is fully God. He's sealed in us on the day that we give our lives to Christ. And Jesus told us this was going to happen in John 14, 26. He said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things to bring to remembrance all that I said to you. So Christians walk by faith and depend on the eternals and the Spirit of God teaches us the Word and guides us. It doesn't drag us into the truth. It's guiding and directing us. And He also reminds us that He, he taught us so that we depend on God's Word in difficult times and He's moving and directing us. That's, it's such an important part of our walks and our relationship with Jesus. And we see in Psalm 143.10, the Spirit leads us. Teach me to do Your will, for You are my God. Let Your good Spirit lead me on level ground. If you're not in the Word, if you're not spending time in prayer, what's leading you? What's leading you? And do you feel like you're on shaky ground? The Spirit is there for when we're in our weakness, our weakest times. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, it says... Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we, ought, we do not know what to pray for as we uh, ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us when groans too deep for words. And He who searches, uh, searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Even when you're in your most painful time, the Spirit prays for you and is there for you. He intercedes for you. Even when you don't know what to pray. And we are filled with the same Holy Spirit that filled 
Stephen. You know, we see Stephen share the gospel, share the uh, to the the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees, and and we see it, and and it says in, in Acts chapter seven verses fifty four, it says, and our it says in verse fifty five. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground uh, ground their teeth at the, at him. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. You see a man filled with the Spirit, but then you see the carnal man. Look what the carnal man does. And these were people that were religious. So you see relationship in this verse, and you see religion. Stephen, a relationship with Christ, and then watch what happens to those that were religious. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of the young man named Saul. That's, that's, that's actually relationship and religion right there. Stephen had a relationship with Christ. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were playing religion. And what did they do? They stoned him to death. And we have to be careful because that's what the carnal man, we don't need to be ruled by the passions of the carnal man. We need to be ruled by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God that resides in you. The helper that Jesus gave you. Michael Youssef said this, and we'll close out here. The power of the Holy Spirit is completely opposite to the world's power. The power of the Holy Spirit gives God's children the ability to serve His purpose for our lives. The Holy Spirit is unlike any other in the world. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can, can, can transform us, relieve our guilt, and heal our souls. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this time of day, and we do pray for this growth acronym. We pray for application. I pray, Lord, just as I looked over this, again, whether you're somebody who's new in Christ or you're somebody who's been walking with the Lord for some time, are you spending time? Are you going to God in prayer? Are you reading or listening to your word daily? Are you being obedient and applying God's truth to your life? Are you witnessing to others? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and direct your life? And are you trusting God? Trusting God with every detail of your life, with your time, your talent, and your treasure? Is there something that needs work? You know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm sure that each of us have something off of that list. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us with it this week. The main two is the, you know, that we spend time with you communicating in prayer, worshiping you, and spending time in your word. And I pray that if you're not doing that, I, I, that would be a great start uh, to get going. And then applying, taking obedience and applying a truth each day. One truth each day in your life. And trust God. Allow, allow God to lead your life and allow the Holy Spirit to lead and, and, and guide you. You have the Holy Spirit that resides in you, the Helper. We all need that. We all need that. Too many of us are being guided by our passions, by the carnalities of our lives, and we're not being guided by God's Word and by the Holy Spirit. And so I pray, Lord, for divine. I pray for uh, just for this city, Lord. I pray for... Uh, for this church at Calvary Chapel Divine, I just pray that you just do a mighty work in each of our lives, Lord. And uh, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless. Thank you.